Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode on religions, regimes and refugees and their multicultural scam uh, and uh, their secular mess. Well, um, thank you very much for joining me today. I hope you had a great weekend. It was very hot over here, but uh, I hope it was better in your place. But uh, we're going to have a week of rains and it's it's very welcome because it, it, it will cool down and the heat is too much to take. So... Uh, we're going to have a great week, and I hope you do have a great week starting from uh, Monday. And I, I think it's already Monday wherever you are. Uh, stay safe, more importantly, and, and positive. And um, we got to think positive and move forward with a positive energy. So uh, we're going to touch on some subjects today. It's the Kalistani movement. Okay, so I was just going to the internet and trying to look at some of the, um, you know, um, rhetoric or the narrative on, on social media. And I came across a gentleman who sometimes I uh, subscribe to, uh, to understand his point of view. He's called François Gauthier. Uh, he's a journalist from India, from France, and he lives in India. So François Gauthier. Uh, and on his Twitter page, you know, I don't have access. I don't have Twitter. I don't have an account. I don't really have too much of social media. Uh, I just have Facebook and my podcast and go from there. And I think I have uh, another account uh, that I barely use. But, uh, yeah, my email. Um, so I, I was on, on, on the Facebook, on the Twitter page of uh, François Gauthier, and uh, he was talking about the Kalistani movement, and it said basically, let us support this movement, Sikhs in general who are good, sorry, um, good and hardworking people should stand against Kalistan. So he was talking about, uh, he was retweeting a, a, a tweet from uh, Puneet Sahani, and he was talking about Sikhs Seva. Uh, a movement which is against Khalistan. It is um, because Khalistan is not only an anti-India movement, but it will also undermine the Sikh religion and spirituality, which is so unique. And of course, he's got likes and, and retweets, and, and that's great. And I hope everyone can support this. And I invite you to support this as much as possible, because uh, I'm definitely against the Khalistani movement, and we'll explain it. But there were some... Um, <clears throat> There were some uh, other people uh, talking up, uh, tweeting on this issue, and it says, uh, one gentleman here, who I, I'm not going to name, uh, it says, why is the demand for Khalistan anti-national and unconstitutional, but not the demand to make India a Hindu Rashtra? I had to laugh. Um, apparently, this guy doesn't live in India. He lives elsewhere, and he's a professor uh, of peace and conflict, uh, maybe he does live in India, or really, I, I really don't know, but seems to be of Indian origin, and uh, he has a right to his, to his opinion, and, and so be it, and I hold no prejudice, but let's talk about this, why is Khalistan anti-national? The Khalistani movement is not a Sikh movement, it is a Pakistani ISI proxy movement. It is being used by the Pakistani ISI, the Sikhs in that region, um, as a tool to break up India in return uh, for uh, for um, 
the 1990 uh, for India stopping the 1971 uh, genocide, a 1970-71 genocide of East Pakistan in uh, of West Pakistan on East Pakistan and the three million ethnic cleansing of Bangladeshi of Bangla people, 80 percent approximately that were Hindu. So uh, that is what the Khalistani movement movement is it's a proxy and it's a state-sponsored uh pakistani rsi movement to break india up so yes it's anti-national okay um why is it unconstitutional apparently it's not unconstitutional we will get into that later so <laughs> the question is why is the demand for Khalistan anti-national and unconstitutional but not the demand to make Hin india hindu rashtra so What's a Hindu Rashtra? A land of Hindustan. Now, I've already talked about this issue. Hindustan is a land. We have been known as Hindustan for a very long time. Stan means land, and Hind comes from the word Sin, means water or body of water. So we are surrounded by bodies of water. From the north, we've got the, uh, the, the Himalayas. From the south, we've got in the Indian Ocean. From the west, we've got uh, the Bay of Bengal, uh, Arabian Sea. From the east, we've got the Bay of Bengal, and we've got a lot of water, rivers and tributaries. So we are land of water, a vortex sitting on water and powerful currents. So it's the land Hindustan is the land surrounded by water, that, that lies in between the waters uh, of the Indian subcontinent. So that is Hindustan. It is a land for everyone. It is not just one tribe. It is not a religion. It is not a, an ideology. It is one land for tribes and tribes and tribes to come, enjoy her resources, contribute to the land and give back to it. We have all already been known as Hindustan. It is no different. Hindu Rashtra is Hindustan. It's just another word for Hindustan. So why is everyone getting so angry about it and with this fake secular uh, European socialist uh, movement that pretends it's it's so eternal and pretends it's so um, egalitarian that oh my god Hind is 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 a, a fascist movement I beg your pardon if it was fascist all these European and, and Arabic uh, Abrahamic empires would not have come here to to loot and to plunder it was Hindustan before they came, and all of a sudden they need to change it to suit their vested interests and camouflage for their money. Let me tell you, when you have Hindustan Times, is it only for Hindus? The paper Hindustan Times, the internet, uh, uh, social media outlet, Hindustan Times, it's only for Hindus or it's for all of Hindustan? When you have the company Hindustan Lever, is it only for Hindus or is it for everyone? When you have Hindustan Zindabad, is it everyone or it's only for Hindus? When when the 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 song Sare Jahan Se Acha Hindustan Hamara from every place in the world, Hindustan is the best. Who made that? A Muslim made that, right? Uh, Muhammad Iqbal, if I'm not mistaken, the poet from Lahore, I, I'm not sure, but I think it's him. So, Sahri Jahasi Acha Hindustan Hamara. Why was a Muslim talking about Hindustan? Because Hindustan is a land. Hindustan is not a religion. Hindustan is not an ideology. It is a land of currents and waves and, 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 and a huge vortex of power. And everyone is supposed to come and blend in, align with the vortex, surf, balance your magnetic field, and contribute to the land and understand the magnetics of the land in order to align 
align and, and, and maintain the balance to its best, to contribute in, in return to, to your field and to, to your area, to, to promote the generations that come, to use the knowledge of our ancestors and to promote the knowledge, um, its knowledge and in whichever way you want to take it, whichever ideology you want to take it, and then after it, you, you give it to the next generation. It is not a religion. So people making out that this Hindu Rashtra is a religious item, it is a Hindu nationalist, it's a fascist, it's a your Abrahamic uh, insult, it is, oh my God, an extreme right wing. Uh, this is the mentality of ignorant Abrahamic slaves. Those who are relics of empires who invaded this land absolutely committed crimes upon humanity, the genocide that it's created, and now trying to pretend that it's, it's holier than thou, and by pointing fingers at others, they can camouflage and, and uh, cleanse their, their blood on their hands. These are the, the fake secular, fake minority, relics of colonial empires who, who, who talk like this who don't understand, who refuse to understand, who for some reason choose to have um, selective amnesia in order to support their uh, ignorant point of view. But when we're, we're used to it. We're used to these, these Abrahamic groups and these socialists and Marxists and I am Marxist, I'm socialist, I'm communist, I am uh, a holier-than-thou, and oh, if we don't get what we want, we are victims and you're fascist, the us versus them, we're used to this. For, for thousands of years, for 3,000 years, people have come to these shows, and in spite of everyone calling us kufr, najas, pagan, um, uh, idolaters, uh, haram, haram, ha kufr, najas, shirk, mushrik, we still absorb them. We still absorb their pain. We still absorb their trauma. We still absorb their human capital. And we still gave back to them and gave them a chance because we understand that trauma takes a long while to heal. And we will be them for them in the darkest of hours. We will be there for them. Hindustan will be there for them in the most loneliest of times. I mean, if they choose to spit on her history, on her land, on her Vedic civilization, we will still stand there for them. And one day will come a day when they will rise up and they will look behind and they will understand who she was. And she won't have to say a word. They will rise up by themselves and tell the story of this land that is called Hindustan. And Hindu Rashtra is the same. It is as constitutional and it is the same thing as Hindustan. It's just another word. Until the 1960s, our parents called it Hindustan. My father said Hindustan Zindabad. He was, he, he was uh, brought up as a Roman Catholic. But he didn't have a problem. Why are people all of a sudden now, oh my God, Hindu Rashtra. From when did a land become a religion? I mean, Abrahamic religions do that. Uh, uh, Israel was not a religion. It, it, Judea, Judaism is not a religion. Judea, Judaism comes from what Judea, which was a land. They've converted a land into an ideology. You can't do that. They can do it. But that's why they've spent all 3,000 years fleeing from, from trauma. Christianity is also an empire. Christianity is not a land. Christ, I apologize. Christianity is not an ideology. There's no such thing as a Christian ideology. Christianity was the Roman Empire. 
they've converted an empire into an ideology and now they're saying uh, oh they're everyone's fascist and we are egalitarian I don't think so if you look at their history Islam was never a religion Islam is an empire it is a, a, a an alliance of empires and everyone and, and there were multiple of tribes and, and people who lived on this land. Everyone who lived in, in the um, empire among the empires of Islam were called Muslims. Even if you did not live follow the Quran, you were called a Muslim because you lived in its empire. Those who followed the Quran were called Mumin, Muminun. So the word Muslim today does not match with the Muslim of the Quran. The Muslim, the the, the Muslim of the Quran is someone who lives within the empire the boundaries of islam it's islam is not a religion islam is a ter it, it's a colonial empire it's a territory it's it's a it's a land it, it is a territory colonized by a group of people um, and and an empire formed on it um, and and its citizens were called muslims but they didn't have to follow the quran the quran was formed uh, people who followed the quran were mumin so Hindu, they have these people have interpreted Hinduism as a land. Well, I'm sorry, this is their mentality. The mentality of a land form, forming a religion does not work for us. Hinduism doesn't exist. There's no such thing as Hinduism. Hindu, Rashtra means a land that's Hindustan. It's no different from, from what our, our fathers call. I'm not talking about 5,000 years ago. I'm talking about the previous generation. My father said Hindustan Zindabad. And he bought us up with Hindustan Zindabad. So yes, Hindustan is, is rational. Hin, Hindustan is constitutional. We were Hindustan before the Europeans came and changed us in, into India. And to be frank with you, I don't really like the word India. I don't see it has nothing to do with the Indian subcontinent. It does not rhyme. It, it does not have anything to do with India, with the subcontinent. So why are we why did someone maintain this name? I understand that we were going into transition at that time. Uh, there were many tribes were trying to settle it down and something neutral would have been what was taken. And it, English was the, the, the language of the day, it was a lingua franca that put everything together. So it was easier to do that and just continue what the British left us with because there was enough of problems. And I understand, I, I hold no grudge against them. But it, now, 75 years later, it just it doesn't sound correct. It is Hindustan, it always was Hindustan. There was a time even the Afghans were called Hindustan, Af Hindustani. The Afghans were Hindustani. They were not uh, Afghans. Um, they were considered Hindustani. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, um, what has people been scared about? Hindu Rashtra, Hindu Rashtra, Hindu nationalists. These are ignorant people who live in fear, who've been indoctrinated with fear and refuse to stand up about the status quo, refuse to understand, do their homework, look at the 360, understand the history, but uh, no. Uh, they say if Khalistan is not anti-national, if Khalistan is anti-national, so is Hindu Rashtra. But again, you know, what can I say? These are professors and then... Um, institutionalized academia of the Abrahamic world, uh, working in the Abrahamic world and, and, and think that uh, 
they have the right to have uh, you know they they have the right to to do this but hey to each his own they have a, an opinion and that is good i hold no prejudice against you but i have also a constitutional right to to have my opinion and this is my opinion and i stand by it and i hope we can all have an opinion on this topic hindu 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 hindustan is a land it was used by our fathers hindustan is used in in many terms and many concepts hindustan zindabad sade jahasya hindustan hamara hindustan lever hindustan times hindustan petroleum it is a word for the land for everyone on the land it does not belong to a certain group or certain religion or certain ideology and from that you get hindutva atwa all that lies between hind Hindustan, which is the currents, the land um, between the current, the, the bodies of water, that means the currents that form your waves, that is Hindustan, the currents that brought you to this land, the currents that form the vortex of energy, that is Hindustan. So, yes, it is constitutional. Yes, it existed when our parents were there uh, and we were known as Hindustani. It's a proud word. It's a beautiful word empower yourself with it enjoy it use it because it is so beautiful there is nothing wrong with it it is constitutional but Khalistan is not so what is Khalistan the Khalistani movement is a movement uh, well that was a spin-off of the empire so let's go to Sikhism I mean again we're not going to brush up on Sikhism but we're just going to talk generally so Sikh there's no such thing as Sikhism. Okay? Uh, it's a punt. The word Sikhism is an English word. There's no such thing as Sikhism. It's a punt. Uh, that means, uh, I don't know how to translate it because there's no translation in, in, in English. An ideology, uh, a knowledge field, a, a youth, uh, a yatra. It is. Um, it was started by um, Guru Nanak, who is a, a teacher. And all he did was make people into um, students. Why did he do that? Well, the land that is Punjab is, is, is a land of five rivers, of multiple rivers. And these rivers come from the Himalayas and bring with them its silt. So it's land, it's water, it's minerals, and it's, uh, it's uh, all its riches in, in, in mineral resources. And because of that, the area that is Punjab is really, really very uh, rich in minerals, and it's very good for agriculture. So people all over the region would have stopped there for, for work. And this land is also the gateway to the Indian subcontinent. So all those who were slaves from the Indian, from the Arabian Peninsula, from uh, Asia Minor, from the north, from... Um, Central Asia, uh, they came to this land in search of hope, in search of uh, food, in search of in search of uh, uh, um, search of work, in search of uh, a better life. They were fled and they fled as refugees. But when you come here, you do not change automatically. You recreate this land in the image of the lands you left behind, and so your trauma continues for generations until someone will help you. And people took up that that role individual people took up the role to help these meager people who were who were traumatized who were refugees who were slaves who wanted work and and help these 
understand the subcontinent, which is, is a huge place and very difficult to understand, very powerful. If you do not understand the science behind it, you can fall back into the trap and you will be used as slaves again, which is still happening. So many people during this time took upon themselves to help these these refugees, uh, help these uh, these. Uh, uh, economic migrants, as we still have today, and, and empower them with knowledge. And one of them was Guru Nanak. He was a guru. He understood Sanskrit. And so he uh, was able to decode the Vedas and, and, and give it to them in a very simpler fashion. Okay, so that was Guru Nanak. He also realized by the time that Guru Nanak came on the scene, he was on the scene, there were many, uh, you know, the, the feudalism had set in. There was, there was uh, the Mughal Empire, and the Mughal empires we know had slaves galore, slaves and slaves and harems galore. And he wanted to make sure that these people did not fall into the same trap, so he gave them the knowledge. Those people became Sikhs. And they empowered themselves, this knowledge, like as we are having the knowledge, we are having this conversation. So he had that conversation with them. He empowered them with knowledge. And through that knowledge, he empowered them to rise up against the status quo. And by rising up against the status quo, he, he made sure they understood that they should not be subservient to the, mul, to the mullahs, the tullahs, the padris, the pandits, those who call themselves the orthodox. And if you read the, the Guru Granth uh, Sahib, you will see very clearly it talks about um, not falling prey. There's only one creator. The creator is one, but you're not supposed to fall uh, prey to the 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 all the people, the the men and the women who pretend to be holier than thou, who rule you, who, who rule in the name of crea uh, the creator of God, who are money-making racket or what we call is the orthodoxy, which is something which we still have today. So beware of that, them. You're not supposed to be subservient to them. They're not supposed to rule you because they'll make you slaves and they will sell you to the highest bidder, to the kings and the queens and the sultans to use you as slave labor. Uh, your loyalty is to empower yourself and, and understand the land and understand that you are one creator. So he empowered, uh, empowered them with that knowledge and that knowledge was taken and the Sikh and the movement started, which we today call as the Sikh movement. But he never started any religion. He never started any religion. Okay, this word religion never existed. It was just a knowledge, uh, a knowledge field. And in my opinion, this man, with a book, with his ability to interpret a book, empowered this movement, which led to, um, which led to um, a, a, a certain freedom, uh, led to a certain um, over, overpowered others, empowered others, sorry, um, influenced others and led to a wider movement on the subcontinent. In the south, you had the Sivaji, the, uh, the, the, the Maratha Empire, and together these two uh, were the result. What happened was they bought down the Mughal Empire, which then led to the British East India Company, which then led to the British Empire, and which then led to the independence movement that gave us the freedoms and opportunities we enjoy today. So Guru Granth Sahib, the Guru, sorry, the Guru Nanak, he is the single most important man on the subcontinent. He gave us, he was responsible with a book, with his knowledge, he is responsible for the freedoms and opportunities we have today. 
It is not Mahatma Gandhi who has who has given us freedom. It is not Pandit uh, Nehru um, who gave us freedom. It is not the uh, the um, all these uh, Indira Gandhi and then all the Gandhi family that that gave us the secularism and this freedom and the independence movement. They are all beneficiaries. We are all beneficiaries of one man who took it upon himself to impart the knowledge. In, in, a, in, a, in a 16th century dialect, in his own words, to a new generation of people, empower them with the knowledge and give them that freedom to knowledge. Knowledge is the biggest tool that will give you freedom. It's not a, it's not, um, a gun, it's not a sword, it's not anything else, it's knowledge. And this man is single-handedly responsible for the tools and the opportunities and the freedoms that we enjoy today. If it was not for Guru Nanak, we wouldn't be free. Just remember that, okay? Um, of course, we've got one page about him in our history books. And the, and the Indian National Secular Congress did everything to do it away and, and make sure that we never knew anything about him. However, the Sikh, um, he never started an empire. He never started a feudal movement. He did not start Khalistan. He was just one man who gave knowledge. It's like we're having a conversation today. You take this knowledge and you go form an, uh, a movement and a political party, and then the political party then forms uh, an empire. I mean, it's not going to work. So he never formed that. What he did was impart knowledge. And because of that, we have these freedoms today. Um, but from those freedoms, people form movements, okay, to rise up above the status quo. Those movements then ended up, uh, we had the, the 10, um, was it 10 uh, gurus uh, ending with, uh, uh, with the last one um, who, who, who started the, the Khalsa sect. And from there onwards, then you had the Sikh Empire. But the Sikh Empire was an offshoot of the, the Khalsa sect. And it was of the Khalsa, yes. And it was, that was an offshoot of, the, of, the, of Guru Nanak and the 10 gurus that, uh, that came along, that empowered the people. And as the result of the freedoms we all enjoy today. But because of that, that, that um, empire, the feudal empire, which was normal for its time. I mean, you can't expect them to have a democratic country and just like you can't expect people to have an empire right now. So uh, a feudal um, a feudal empire was the the norm of the day and they formed the Sikh empire. Now, like all empires, it went up and came down. It had its power. Uh, it struggled with power and it made its mistakes and came crashing down from the inside. At one point, this empire occupied Kashmir. It occupied Afghanistan, modern-day Pakistan, and of course Punjab, okay? Uh, all these areas are no longer the Sikh empire, okay? Uh, an empire is, however, about power, all about power. It's not about religion, it's not about spirituality, it's not about doing good, it's not about uh, equal rights, it's about power. Okay, cycles and cycles of power and people fighting for that power. But when the empire came down, did they introspect? Did they go back? Did they understand what Guru Nanak said? No. They only fought with each other, broke up into different sects. Now they have different movements, different sects, 
And now they started these Khalistani movements based on the Sikh spirituality. But spirituality is not about power. Spirituality is about in, inner engineering. It's about cleaning the, those, those currents that form your ways, offloading the energy and balance, sorry, offloading the garbage, balancing your energy and, and, and transitioning to a better life and, and transferring that knowledge, just like Guru Nanak transferred his knowledge uh, to us, we, we have to transfer the knowledge to someone else. It's not about power. But this Khalistani movement is about power because they base themselves on the Sikh empire using Guru Nanak as a, as a scapegoat and as a PR campaign manager, just like everyone else does it. We use Jesus as a PR campaign manager, we use uh, Muhammad, we use Krishna. And so the Sikh movement, the Khalistani movement is doing that too. Now, why did it get so corrosive? Well, you see, this, the Punjab, during the British rule, uh, there were two areas, we think the British rule all over India, but it actually formed... Um, an alliance of, of kingdoms in the Indian subcontinent was made of plenty of kingdoms. We know that, uh, that formed an alliance with each other, formed an alliance with the, with the British Empire. Two provinces that were pro-British during the time, one was Bengal and one was Punjab. Punjab was pro-British to its maximum. It supported the British Empire. The people say it was the British that divided the, the Punjab. It's wrong. It was Punjab who supported the British and British promoted uh, Punjab and they invested in Punjab. The, the army, the, the biggest part of the army uh, was in Punjab. The most adherence to the army was the Punjabis, Muslims and Sikhs. Uh, they were part of the Indian army. We have proof of that. Um, and it was the... And, and, Many, many, uh, and uh, the you have the Maharaja of Patiala who was pro-Sikh. They have a lot of Muslim uh, Sufis and uh, Mullahs and Tullahs. Sorry, uh, was pro-British. Mullahs and Tullahs uh, that was pro-British. Uh, a lot of them was pro, they were pro-British because the British kept them together and the British invested in them and they allied with the British. Uh, then comes Longjina, the, the Congress party who decides that they want independence from the British. Okay, that's fine. But the, the Congress had many wings in it. There were different factions, right wing, left wing, centrist. They were not all one movement or one joined movement. And pretty much, pretty soon enough, they fought against each other. The Congress fought each, against each other. And the Congress and one of those people who did not ally with the Congress or fought against, uh, who, who split from the Congress was Jinnah. And what was the fight about? What was the fight? Was it among caste? What about the British? If they were against the British, why were they fighting against each other? Well, let's put it this way. The many factions, one of the many factions was the faction of Pandit Nehru, who was a socialist. He was influenced by the socialist and Marxist revolution in, in Russia. Uh, you had um, Pan, uh, Sadar Patel, who was on the right wing, but you had uh, Jinnah, who was a free market economy. He, he did not want socialism. He knew that socialism was going to bring us down. So they fought against each other within the Congress movement and split Jinnah being the very proud person he was, he was not going to stay there. You know what happened afterwards. He ended up asking for his own, uh, he ended up asking for separate electorates. And from that separate electorate, he did not, uh, Nehru did not even give him that. And because of that, 
he he formed Pakistan, and Pakistan was built. Uh, the last resort, the last narrative was Pakistan was built on the basis of uh, Hindu and Muslim, but it never started off as Hindu and Muslim, and, and that's a myth that it started off as Hindu Muslim, but it ended up as Hindu Muslim. And what Jinnah wanted was the entire Punjab. For people who don't understand, Jinnah wanted Punjab, the whole of Punjab, right up to Delhi. And the other side, he wanted Bengal and he wanted Assam. So basically, he wanted to recreate the Mughal Empire because he was the advocate for the descendants of the Mughal Empire. He wanted to recreate the Mughal Empire. He wanted Kashmir and basically the Hindus would get the rest of India. Okay, even those areas that were pro-Hindu or uh, predominantly Hindu, he still wanted it. Now, obviously, the Punjabis would, were not happy. The Muslims, part of the Muslims, wanted to go with uh, he uh, Jinnah because he they convinced him. Part wanted to stay behind. Um, there were some Maharajas who wanted independence, but did not want to go with uh, with, with uh, the Muslims. And Punjab was divided. And the Sikh movement in between did not want uh, did not want to Punjab to break. They at one point they decided that you know they were they wanted their own uh, independence and f they wanted their own Khalistani uh, Sikh uh, uh, Sikh separate state. They did not want to be broken up into Muslim and, and Hindu. But the problem was the Sikhs were only sixteen percent of the population. The bulk of the population was what was is Muslim, and the rest was Hindu. But only sixteen percent was 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 Sikh, so they didn't really have a say. They they lost out to that. Although the bulk of the economics was controlled by the the Hindus and and the and the Hindus and the 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 Sikhs, the the majority of the population was poor, but they were Muslims, and so. Uh, Pakistan got 80% of of Punjab and India got 20%, and the Sikhs were not happy. But that that anger at at the fight that none of them could come to terms with each other, uh, the, neither the Sikhs would come to terms with the Muslims, with the Hindus, and each one fought like cats and dogs, and Punjab split. And of course, then after they blamed the British, the British split them up. But the British never split them up. Never did the British split them up. British want them to keep it together. British never wanted to split the Punjab. They never even wanted to sp split uh, Bengal. But they had to do it because there was a civil war and Jinnah started the civil war and, and there we are. So uh, Jinnah split the, uh, the the infighting that started with the Congress then overflowed onto uh, to the Punjab and Punjab was split because the three groups did not come to terms with each other. And from there we get the Khalistani movement. So once India split into Pakistan and Hindustan, obviously there were the Sikhs on the Pakistani side, the Sikhs on the Hindu side. Uh, there were 1.40,000 Sikh families in, in Western Pakistan, in, in Pakistan, uh, Punjab, and it's gone down. I heard one estimate of only 4,000 Sikh families left. Now, I don't know if the stats are real or not, but this is what I've read about. So 4,000 Sikh families left in, from 5,000 converted, forced conversion, um, rape, murder, uh, proselytization, and then they fled to other countries, to Canada, North America, um, um, England. And instead of taking issue with Pakistan, who prom 
promised them that they'll have equal rights, which they never got. Not only that, they've gone down to 4,000. They choose to go against uh, India. Now, why is that? Because the Pakistanis have used the Sikh uh, movement, the Khalistanis, which was formed at independence, and they used it to go as proxies against India. Okay, uh, one of the reasons was because Pakistan thought that Allah was on their side, and it is their duty of uh, given by Allah to recreate this land into the Islamic Emirate that it was, and the Islamic Empire that it was. But they can't do it by themselves because they know they're a bunch of fools. So they use the uh, Sikhs as proxy, and that's how you get the Khalasani movement. Um, and of course, uh, after the genocide in, in East Bengal, then we have the problem. Uh, in order to get back at India, they use the Khalistani movement. Uh, again, there's the Sikhs as a proxy to send, um, to infiltrate India, to send drugs, to send mafia, to send um, uh, crime against across the border. And they paid the locals on the ground as much as possible. Now, not only you have a Khalistani problem, you have a drug problem. Uh, the, la the, the one of the statistics I heard was 70% of Punjab households have a, a drug addict, a serious drug problem, and that is an issue. Um, but it's because the Khalistani movement is supported and, and, and state-sponsored by the Pakistani ISI. Uh, they have uh, their outlets even in Canada. They have it in the United States and they have it um, in the United Kingdom. All these three countries have very conveniently using the Khalistani movement because they got votes and they got money. Where's the money coming from? The Muslim Brotherhood and the Pakistani ISI. So, it is an anti-national movement, okay, and it's not constitutional. A constitution is like if if they use the constitutional methods, democratic methods, to to plow their their, their should I say to 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 make to convince the people, but it's not being done, and it, they're using all the methods to break India. So it's absolutely anti-national. It is against dharma. It is against. Um, Guru Nanak, it is against the, 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 ten, the gurus of uh, uh, the knowledge and the gurus of, uh, of, uh, of the Sikh uh, Pant, uh, because the Sikh Pant was about empowering inner engineering. It was about freeing yourself from ignorance. It was not about submitting. It was not about power. It was about giving power to empower people and using knowledge to balance the status quo. This has nothing to do with Sikhism, nothing. But very clearly people try and put the, the, the Sikh uh, turban on and think, oh, well, they're Sikh and they have the right to fight for power. And if this is a state-sponsored movement by a foreign state, then it becomes anti-national absolutely anti-national it is unconstitutional so uh, for example in Quebec in Canada we have Quebec who wants to break away but the government gives them the right to have a referendum so it's okay the moment they use violence and if Quebec is supported by a, another pro another state then it becomes anti-national similarly with Scotland if Scotland has uh, is is a state sponsored by another state to break it up then they'll have a problem uh, but if the if the government if the British government gives them the right to have a referendum then it's a it's a different thing. Um, and so this is an anti-national Khalistani movement, state-sponsored uh, by Pakistan and unofficially by members of the state in, in um, and individual members, though 
clandestine, allegedly clandestine in Canada and in um, in the United States. In the in Canada, you have uh, the leader of the NDP, National Democratic Party, which is the Orange Party, would be Collier. They have uh, supported their their leader is a a, um, a supporter of the Khalistani movement, and you have members in um, obviously in the United States because uh, the Muslim Brotherhood is um, a part uh, of the alliance of the Democratic Party. They practically own the Democratic Party. And so that's why they have they are uh, supported over there. So anytime you have Democrats somewhere, you will find them supporting the Sikh movement, the Khalistani movement, should I say. Um, and of course, you have the United Kingdom, all these countries that are once the British Empire, they think they're doing uh, themselves a democratic favor. Uh, but, you know, when you try to break up someone's country, the joke is on you because the, it'll rebound your cymatic frequency and the frequency will come back on you. It is absolutely stupid. Me, on, on, my, on my side, I don't care if that, that, that country, that land is my worst enemy. I never want to break up a country. Even Pakistan, if, it's, if, it's, if I consider it my enemy, the worst thing I can do is ask for Pakistan to come down. Never would I want to break Pakistan down, however bad they are, because you do not break someone something you do not destroy something because you're cyclic the next round will be on you the currents will form your waves and come to get you next so you never want to to break someone down you want to empower them you want to help them you want to heal them and that's why you see that when refugees all around the world there there are 82 million refugees all around the world and and 90% of them are, are Abrahamic countries because Abrahamic ideology is about breaking others, canceling others, uh, degrading others, uh, destroying others. That's, that's, that's their ideology. Have you seen uh, Hindustan ever invade a country? Have you seen Bharata ever invade a country? We've never invaded anyone. We've never destroyed anyone. We're not about destroying. We're about empowering. And that's what Guru Nanak was about, empowering you. And, and I hope that you understand that this is this Khalistan movement has nothing to do with Sikhism, has nothing to do with the Sikhs, has nothing to do with uh, um, the religion, spirituality. It is an anti-national, un, uh, state-sponsored, un, um, unconstitutional movement, um, and it has no place on the Indian subcontinent. And I, I hope that you would understand the journey it's taken and stand up against it and voice your opinion and uh, stand up for Hindustan. So thank you very much. I hope uh, this little conversation has gone a little bit too long. Uh, 41 minutes. I promised that myself it will be 25, but it's double. But I, I hope you understand. S share the news. Share the knowledge. Um, you can Google it. Have the conversation. Uh, speak with your friends on platforms, uh, with your elected representatives and don't forget to externalize your emotions have that conversation right 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 it's a very good wind and and stand up for Bharat stand up for our fellow Sikhs because they are beautiful people uh, they are our hockey players our, our, our policemen they are our soldiers they, they they give their lives so that we could be free we absolutely love them we uh, support them and we but we do not support the Khalistani uh, state-sponsored uh, ISI movement. Um, and we stand for uh, Akhan Bharat. Thank you very much. You have yourself a great day. Stay safe, everyone. And cheers and God bless.